Hello everybody, Jeff back with episode two of the Step One Halfway House Social Recovery Model. I want to say thank you to everybody who uh, downloaded our podcast. We did pretty well. Uh, we're going to go a little bit into introducing you to our community impact coordinator, great guy. His name's Bradley. Um, he's uh, also he's there, so he can he's going to explain to you exactly what we do in the community impact program. And then we'll go into uh, some other things. Bradley? Hey, Jeff. I'm um, Bradley. I am uh, I'm an alcoholic. I am a drug addict. I am the peer support specialist in the community impact department uh, at Step 1. Uh, this position is very unique in the state of Arizona. I don't know of any other halfway house in Arizona that has a peer support specialist or uh, a community impact program like ours. We have taken a vested interest in our clients. Um, my primary job when they first get here is to assess them and find out what barriers they have. And uh, the more barriers, the happier I am. Um, and I say that because uh, me, myself, being in this position, I'm uniquely qualified to help these guys because I'm, a lot of people don't like labels, but I love my labels. Um, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I've been homeless. I'm SMI. I'm HIV positive. Um, I've been uh, in jail. I've got felonies. I've been, I've been unemployed for eight or nine years. Um, and I've been able to get through all those things. I'm a living example of what this program can do for you. And I have jumped through every hoop in the social services to get uh, through a lot of these uh, barriers that we encounter in life. And I think it's a, a testament to uh, what this program can do for you. And I like to be that person for the new guy when they come in so that they they know that I'm the deal, you know, that that I, I have been exactly where they've been. Uh, one of the one of the very first things I tell people when I meet them you know, I, I usually introduce myself, tell them, hey, I'm Bradley. I'm the peer support specialist here. My job is to make sure that you have everything you need to be successful while you're here and everything that you need to be successful when you get ready to leave here. Um, I do various things. I help them uh, get their IDs and birth certificates through St. Vincent's DePaul uh, Project Home, uh, Homeless Project ID. I uh, help them acquire social security cards if they need a social security card. I help them get on access or food stamps if they need those. I can write letters for them, send them to um, DES to uh, get those benefits. I've had success with clients that have been denied several times for access and food stamps. I've walked them over to uh, St. Vincent de Paul and met up with uh, the care team over there from the city of Phoenix, uh, which is a group of social workers that volunteer their time as well. And I sit down at the table with my client and the representative from Phoenix, and we get to the bottom of why they're not getting approved for their benefits. Um, and it can lead up to the city of Phoenix representative coming to pick up our client and take them to DES to advocate for them to uh, get their access and food stamps if they need it. Um, I have gone to court with my clients. I go to the hospital with my clients. I uh, intervene when there's a, a crisis, especially if it's mental health crisis, because I understand that personally. 
my job the and I'll I'll say this whenever this whenever whatever I do here at step 1 starts to feel like a job I'm in trouble it's an it's an opportunity like this is something that's really close to my heart I'm very honored to have the position that I have um I work I work a lot of hours but I'm grateful for every moment of it uh, these guys mean the world to me. I know everything there is to know about every one of my clients here at Step One. I've pulled up credit reports. I've helped guys uh, figure out how to get back in line financially, especially if they're dealing with the ninth step. That's part of recovery: is straightening out your past and cleaning up your side of the street. And if you owe people money, uh, at, at some point you're going to have to pay them back. Uh, done resumes for my guys. I have shown them how to apply for jobs online, uh, get them signed up through Instagig and uh, and Quick App. I have uh, advocated for them if they're on the on the cusp of being discharged. I've gone to bat for them, uh, speak from a different perspective uh, to the management staff or to the scholarship staff as to why I think that. They might need another chance and maybe understanding them at a different uh, capacity than they do. Um, it's not always successful, uh, but it, but I do I do advocate. And I think that's the biggest key to this position is that, you know, my boss tells me all the time, your job is to be their best friend. And I get to do that. Um, I get to uh, I get to watch these guys come in with no clothes. They're wearing paper clothes from CBI and UPC. And then I get to watch them obtain uh, the 90 day certificate plus a job that they acquired while they were here at step one, move into three quarter housing, buy cars, get insurance, get their families back, uh, fall in love in a new relationship, sponsor other dudes. Uh, when I first got here to step one last year, I think there were two or three people that were in the program that had finished the 12 steps. I think of the, what do we have right now? 55, 60 guys on, cam on, campus, on campus, just on campus, 25 to 26 of those are done with the steps and are, and are willing to sponsor their dudes. Recovery is contagious here at step one. Um, it's really hard, and, and Jeff says every Sunday morning at the at the house meeting, you know, just give it two weeks. Um, that two weeks is pivotal because if you want to get sober, you're going to get sober just because everybody around you is doing it. It would suck to be here and not want to do this and see other people that came in the same day that you came in feeling better, looking better, uh, happy, uh, sometimes joyous. Um, and you're still in the same state that you were in when you first got here. And usually those people weed themselves out and they, they leave. And, and I support them in that, in that aspect too. If you're not ready for sobriety, then I encourage you to go back out there and do some more. You know, we'll be here when you get ready. You know, but we are serious about recovery here at step one. <clears throat> we're very supportive. We're very understanding. Is probably the the least restrictive. I tell all the guys to you know, whatever your your belief is in your higher power, the universe is 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 just giving you good shit all the time. Constantly, the universe is is providing different miracles and opportunities for you to take advantage of. 
the problem is is when we do drugs and alcohol we are so stuck in self that we can't see those miracles and we can't see those opportunities therefore we can't capitalize on them and the longer you stay sober the more you'll see that what I'm saying is true that these things are coming your way it just it's just the way that it is and that's been my experience um, I get to share my story with every one of the clients anybody that's willing to listen to me you know I um, I'm happy I'm healthy uh, I just celebrated a year last Tuesday off of probation uh, nine months early um, I got a letter from the public defender's office uh, a couple weeks ago saying that the judge had reduced my fines from $3,600 to zero. Um, and all of this is just because I've just been doing what's in front of me to do. You know, like I said, this is not a job. Um, this is a service and uh, I'm grateful to be a part of this. I mean, this is a huge movement. This place has changed so much, especially in the last six months. And I, I, I got into a staff position right before all the changes really started to take place. And I'm so excited that I've gotten to be a pivotal part of that opportunity for these guys. Um, I'm, um, I'm about to venture off a little bit more in the community impact program and start reaching out to our support, um, going to CBI and telling them thank you and bringing them coffee and donuts and, and bringing them pamphlets about our program and, explaining to them you know what we do because a lot of times they just see names and numbers on a page and they're just trying to place people and i would like to build a relationship with cbi i would like to build a relationship with upc i would like to go to some of these treatment centers i have a great connection with uh, native american connections i go up there and i see them every other week uh, one of the other things that i do in the community impact program is if you don't have a phone i, I got signed up to distribute phones government phones through an organization called in touch so i do that too for the guys at native american connections and the women at native american connections at the other campus i have an opportunity once a month to go to native american connections and speak to their guys and tell them my story and then tell them about step one and, and let them know that if they're 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 on the fence of where they want to go when they get out of treatment that they can always come here and and, and ideally that's that I've always viewed recovery, especially when you go into treatment. Treatment is the residential treatment. And then you step down to a halfway house. And from a halfway house, you step down to a three-quarter house. You know, and, and letting these guys know that are in residential treatment that we offer both of those levels um, is, is paramount. There's not many halfway houses, if any at all, that are halfway houses and three-quarter houses. We have seven, six, seven properties off-site. Uh, that we house four or five guys in. They all have their own room. I have relationships with all of those clients as well. Um, I don't know. It's just an exciting time. There's a lot going on in my department. Um, there's, uh, I'm always, for the most part, I'm always busy. Like there's always something to do. Uh, and if there's nothing to do, I usually find myself sitting in Upper I Host uh, in the living room watching uh, ridiculousness with some of the guys and just shooting the shit, you know. And a lot of times we do start talking about recovery, and that's really that's what I was getting around to a minute ago is contagious, you know. It's like they see everybody succeeding, and they want to be a part of that, you know. Well, for me, Bradley, um, you and I worked in the office uh, together, and 
boy, did I want to be selfish and keep you here with me. You know? <laughs> but I'm still part of the office, you, too. You are. You are. Yeah, but, that, uh, that's how he came up, was through the office. Yeah. It's just... Uh, for the, for the betterment of our clients, and actually it makes my life so much easier because uh, during a mental health issue, I have a go-to guy. I have somebody who understands what that is, how to deal with them, where they should be placed. If we have a, 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 not a problem client, but somebody who's going through certain things and needs somebody to talk to, I personally don't have time for it because I have so much stuff going on in here. I know I can get on that phone at any time, call Bradley, and he's going to be able to help them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that is way different than it used to be here. It was, it was so necessary. Yeah. It you was know, to the, because when the, when I worked in the office too, I was under the same. Like I wanted to be of help. I wanted to be of service. But that phone never stops ringing, and there's always someone that needs something. They need their meds, or they need uh, bus passes, or or you got parole officers coming in, or probation officers coming in that need you to go hunt down somebody, and you don't always have time for mental health crisis, you know? And it's unfortunate that we've never been able to address that until just now, but I'm, I'm very grateful that we have that opportunity now to really give that care to those individuals, you know, and it's not just crisis. Guys come to me with all kinds of stuff, you know, um, and it's it's truly a blessing. I have um, I have relationships that I'm building with some of the CO3s in our um, prison systems here in Arizona for guys that are getting released that have heard about our program and they write to us and I send out questionnaire. Uh, it's the same questionnaire that we go over on the phone with clients when they when they want to come into our facility. Um, I give them a rundown of what our program is like and what we're what we're looking for and what we expect, and then they sign the the document and they send it back to us. And um, the only thing that I I can do at that point is tell them, yeah, you've got a bed to come to when you get out, so long as you get it approved by your uh, parole officer. Um, and so we're growing, you know, and and I think we're growing at a rate that's almost intimidating uh, because we like, where are we going to put everybody? Well, it's forced us to buy another property just for the aftercare guys, you know, just for that alone. Yeah. So and <clears throat> that's what we're, we're, we're just the way we're growing. Uh, we'll just have to continue to buy, purchase properties, you know, um, yeah. to manage the amount of people that we have because I mean everybody everybody calls us so mm -hmm. uh, all the all the treatment <clears throat> facilities call us the relationships that you're building with these outside organizations they're calling now we've got probation that's they they want to send everybody here mm -hmm. so we the only way we can expand is to purchase more properties and I will say this since you came I don't know if you know the number our retention rate from has, I'm going to say doubled mm -hmm. since you started working uh, as a peer support counselor. And the reason why is, in my opinion, let's say that the guy is having, uh, maybe it's just a, a, he's having a bad day. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have time to deal with this bad day because I'm on the phones, I'm dealing with POs, I'm, all the things that you mentioned. 
but he can speak to you and maybe we can keep that client from going back out yeah you know from just giving up so that's another reason why the retention rate is so good it's another reason why these guys come back even if they have a misstep Mm -hmm. they come back they want to come back to step one we took in three or four today that have been here before. Yeah. You know? We have a reputation. We have a reputation. We have had a reputation in yeah, the past. and now we have a good reputation. And we, now we have a different reputation. Yeah. And, you know, like, even some of the, the, the things that normal people take for granted, like um, calling your insurance to find out who your PCP is, uh, that... The, the intimidation of being on hold for a period of time, not knowing exactly what department or person you're supposed to speak to to get this done. Most people early in sobriety just give up before they even get started and they don't even attempt to. You know, and I'm able to pull them into my office and get their, their, their insurance information. I call for them. I speak on the phone to the representative. I find out who their PCP is. If their PCP is not close enough, I have a relationship with the uh, doctor's office right over here on Glendale that I send all of my guys to that takes their insurance. And uh, uh, she does the referrals if they need any other kind of referrals. I have psych evaluations that I can send people out to do. Um, and, and just recently, um, there's been two clients that have stepped into my office that wanted to go back to school and that process of going back to school and applying for financial aid and not knowing if they were going to be able to handle it with work. And they see that I'm doing it because I'm currently in school too, um, that it's possible. And I, I'll walk them through the steps. And the last guy was last week. Um, he was another guy that had left us and, and moved to New Jersey and decided that he just wasn't, he wasn't clicking in Jersey and he wanted to come home. And so we told him to come on back. And I got him in my office last week after he decided that he wanted to go back to school. And within two hours, we had his FAFSA filled out. Uh, we had the school that he wanted to go to, all the information being sent to that school, got him enrolled. Uh, and set up an appointment for him to speak with a uh, with a uh, academic advisor in the field of study that he was interested in. You know, it's it's more than just getting sober. There's more to sobriety than just getting off the dope. You know, because it's my experience that alcohol and drugs were always the solution to my problems. It was never the problem. I'm the problem. And the, the, the messed up part about that relationship between alcohol and, and, the, and the person is that drugs and alcohol were always the solution for so many years. And then all of a sudden, that solution turns its back on you and it doesn't work anymore. And now you're just stuck. There's no going back. Now I've got to find a different way to cope because that's all it is. Drugs and alcohol is just a coping mechanism. People cope in various different ways. Unfortunately, you know, um, I drank to excess. I had to use drugs to excess. I can't do it. Um, and I had to find a different way to live. And so I try today to live by example. Um, if I say that I'm going to be somewhere, I'm there. You know, if I agree to do some kind of service commitment, I go. Um, people ask me to speak, I show up. Uh, someone wants me to go to court with them, I go to court with them. I speak, I've spoke to, uh, I've written letters to the judge. 
we had a guy here that um, when he got here the day that he did his intake, he told me in his intake that he was looking at nine years in prison and he was being sentenced, but he wanted to get sober anyway before he went to prison. My hat was off to him because I don't know about you, Jeff, but I don't know if I could have done that, you know. I don't know if I would have just turned right out of that office and went and picked up another bag, you know, because it, it, that's a hard pill to swallow. And it's a lot of work to get sober. And this kid did it, you know, and he was he had so many letters from the restaurant that he was working at that we sent him to. Plus, all the staff wrote letters to the judges. I sent all of those off to his uh, public defender. Uh, we went to court that one day that he was supposed to self-surrender and be sentenced. And the judge said that she was going to give him two and a half years and she was going to send him back to us for another 30 days so he could finish his 90-day commitment. Right. And then he could turn himself in and and go from there. And, and that was, I, I didn't expect that to happen. I was floored. He was excited. Um, it was just a great opportunity to see how just doing the next right thing really works out in the long run. And you heard from him, what, today, yesterday? Yeah, he wrote me a letter today. So... <clears throat> And I got, I got one today too. Yeah, we got we've got strong relationships with our clients here. We we really care and and we do our best to accommodate everybody's needs. Well, I, I, to me personally, I mean, none of these things would be possible without uh, the new board members we have, the new ownership we have, the new director we have, uh, <coughs> and all the new staff and volunteers that have come in. <clears throat> we have a good group of guys here, a good core group of guys, um, and none of this would be possible without you guys stepping up to the plate, man. I mean, that's what it is. And ownership stepped up to the plate, the board stepped up to the plate, um, and that's why we're successful. They're, they're letting us take the lead, where that was not the case before. Who knows more about alcoholics and addicts than alcoholics and addicts? Yeah. So, you know, um, the board members are not in that, but they give us the lead. They've given us our, our lead to say, look, we love what you guys are doing here. Keep doing it. Make it grow. Get more guys in. Let's help these guys who are either homeless. We'll help the homeless as long as they're willing to work a program while they're here. And we'll help them get off the streets. We'll help them... A lot of these guys have been homeless for years. We brought them in here, and we and the community impact coordinator, peer support counselor, has helped them get themselves in line. They work their program. Now they either have jobs or they're living in one of our three quarter houses, uh, and they're no longer homeless. You know, so it's a great program. Um, so if you have someone out there, a loved one. Uh, a friend, uh, somebody you care about, even somebody you don't care about, just somebody who needs help. Give us a call. Look us look us up on the web. We're everywhere. You can find us at step1halfwayhouse.org. That's st step1 spelled out, halfwayhouse.org. You can call us at 602-749-5434. That's step1halfwayhouse, 602-749-5434. We're here to help. We have a good crew of guys here, a good core here. And uh, if you need help, 
this is a place to come. Uh, we'll help you. We'll help you get away from your addiction. We'll get you through a solid program, and uh, just letting you guys know that people here, we love you guys. So that's all I got. You know, um, to tell you the truth, Jeff, when I first got here, um, oh my God, I had been on a nice. I had been on a nice little run. I had been uh, drinking alcohol and slamming methamphetamines in a hotel room for almost four months. Did I do your intake or your phone call? No, uh, Gabe did my Gabe intake, did intake, but you were standing behind him. I I talked to you on the phone. Yeah. I think I called you three or four times. Right, right. Because I think I had like seven bags. Because I was on the street for <laughs> I was on the street for like three and a half years. But you know, um, I got. Uh, I got caught uh, getting high because I was in another program um, when I was getting high that whole time. And my probation officer said, you can either go to TLC or you can go to step one. And um, I had tried TLC before um, and I, I knew nothing of step one. And so I reached out and Jeff was like, yeah, you can come be here today before seven o'clock. And I got here and it was, I think I was sober maybe two or three days at that point, but I was still coming down from the meth. So I still hadn't gone to sleep. My mind was still real out there. Like I was just, I was a small fish in a big pond. I didn't know anybody. All I really had to to my my own was a bag of tobacco and some rolling papers um, and I called my sponsor for three days and on the third day he was like, what are you going to do? Like, why are you like go to a meeting or do this or do that? And, and I told him, I said, you know, I said, I find myself in a really fucked up place. I don't want to get high, but I don't want to get sober. Like I'm stuck. Like, I don't know which direction to go, you know? And his suggestion was, or his, he, he told me to go to one of the restaurants through the IHO scholarship program. And I worked my shift at this restaurant and there was something, something happened that night. Something to me, it was, it was like a spiritual awakening or it was some kind of miracle transformation that happened to my personality. But there was something, um, soothing and comfortable with with the process of taking all these dirty dishes and cleaning them up and putting them where they go and keeping up with the rest of the kitchen and knowing that I was a small part of a big deal and I wasn't doing it by myself. There were three other guys that were with me that night. And then before I knew it, the shift was over and we got in the van and I'm sitting in this van with seven or eight dudes that I don't know, but they're all going through the exact same thing I'm going through. And I thought to myself at that moment, okay, I can do this. Right. Like, I got this. Like, this is, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And the next day I called my sponsor and I said, let's get busy. And I think at step nine I was sponsoring because that was his suggestion. He was like, you know these steps backwards and forwards. You probably know them better than I do. He says, what you're lacking is sponsorship. You need to work with guys on a regular basis to stay sober so at step nine, someone approached me and asked me if I would sponsor him. I called my sponsor. He said, go for it as long as you stay ahead of him. 
So I did. I finished my steps. I think it was, I was two, two and a half months sober when I finished my 12 steps. And then I was in the office from that point on. Um, like this, this program has really changed my life. You know, I even, um, I've been moved around a lot on campus, you know, cause we move a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my last move was there's this house down the street from us that is a two-bedroom house that I share with another staff member. And when I moved in, my sponsor came to pick me up for a meeting one night. And I was like, you got to come in and see this. And he walked out. And he, was, he walked into my house. And he was like, oh, my God. He said, who knew step one was the spot? <laughs> he said, just a year ago, you didn't want to do this. He was like, who knew that? You were going to have the job that you have. You were in school. You know, you're off probation. They put you up in a sweet place that you pay no utilities or rent for. You know, you got a huge kitchen and living room and brand new appliances. And, you know, I'm just blessed. Like, I can't ask for anything more, you know. And, and I just I have such a uh, love and such a drive to see these other guys get exactly what I get out of life. And I think that's what really um, was, I'm not going to say lacking because I can't say that there's not other staff members that have ever felt the way that I feel. But I think that my position is unique in the fact that I get the opportunity to voice that on a regular basis to these guys. You know, I don't have to be, the bad guy. And, and, and believe you me, there are many opportunities or many situations where that bad news does have to come from me. Um, because it is such a complicated case or a complicated situation or client that it's usually best dealt with someone who has been there and understands what that person is personally going through at that moment. Um, and we always try and find an option for them, uh, before we just kick them to the curb um, but for the most part, I get to be, I get to be the praiser. I get to be the, the, the happy guy. I get to, um, to experience the, the highs that they experience and I get to see some of them cry, you know, and, and that's just part of it. You know, there's a lot of growing up that happens in recovery and I couldn't think of a better place to do this than at step one. Thank you, brother. Um, <clears throat> well, like I said, I mean, I hated to see you go into that field because, uh, you know, obviously we want to be selfish. Right. Uh, but. Uh, and I was scared. Yeah, and it's been. It's, I'm still a little scared. Yeah, but it's been a, it's been a godsend, and the reason why it has been is because look at how much you've done. And yeah. Look at how much has been accomplished with what the vision that. The directors had the director had the vision that the board members had our new ownership. This is the vision, and you're helping to fulfill that vision. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've helped so many guys, man, that probably would have gotten pushed to the curb. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't do that anymore. The forgotten we, ones. The forgotten ones. The ones who slipped through the cracks. We don't have that problem anymore. Now we have somewhere to send them to. Uh, if it's not going to work out here for one reason or another. We're able to get in place somewhere else. Yeah. You know, so that's. And we've had successes with that recently, been, too. Yeah. You know, it's people because of your people that's that come happens. here that that pass the phone interview. I mean, it's a phone, so you can't really see the person and do any kind of physical assessment of of, you know, 
what they what their needs are and and so they get dropped off at our location and they obviously from the very first moment that we meet them um and there's been maybe three or four that that since i've been in the community impact uh office that we've had this situation where they just needed a higher level of care than what we offered you know that they their cognitive levels were not where they needed to be to comprehend even working the 12 steps um, or even, or even bathing on a regular, on a regular basis or things like that, you know? And so like, it, it, it was my, it was my honor to not, uh, to make sure that they weren't being kicked to the curb, uh, to, to vocalize to their case management team and to their clinics. Uh, if I have to get supervisors on the phone, I do that. Like we, I really make myself known. I make my presence known and I get the job done. Like I, I push and push and push until someone responds. I don't take no for an answer, especially when it's uh, for the betterment of this individual. Um, and we've had success with placing clients in places that they are thriving in that they would have just gone unnoticed here, right. you know, we're because, streets, because we're so busy, area. you know, yeah. the management staff is so busy here that we can't attend to every single person. That's why it's so amazing that we have this opportunity, this, this position that I'm in because <clears throat> I'm not tied down to an office. You know, I can do my job with a clipboard walking around the campus and I do that most of the time, right. you know, and if I don't see them in the first couple of days, I make sure that the management staff knows that I haven't seen them and, and to let them know that they need to come see me because we just keep missing each other um, so that we can get some of these assessments done and I can introduce myself and get them a big book if they need a big book, help them find a sponsor, get them plugged into the program, explain to them if they've never been in the program before what it's all about and what it's going to look like and and what a sponsor is and what a service commitment is. and. And how do you make your bed and why you should do it? You know, it's not a rule here at step one, but we talk about it every Sunday. We talk about the importance of making your bed every day. And, and for me, it, it's just plain and simple. My day can be as shitty as I want it to be. But when I go home, at least I did something right that day. And I can get into a nice, clean, crisp bed and I can go to sleep with a clean There's slate. There's actually a YouTube video on it, believe it or not. I've seen it. that video yeah, several times. Yeah, and it's it, it truly is something that, that uh, is the cherry on the Sunday at the end of the day. Yep. You know, that I did, I accomplished something in the right direction in a responsible manner. And I took care of my business. Well, Bradley, I'm glad to have you in. I, I would like to have you back again to do uh, the fourth step uh, for for these guys and gals who don't really understand the fourth step. Mm -hmm. I think you probably have one of the best grasps on it. And I know that you train sponsors how to teach the next guy yeah. how to do the fourth step correctly. Because yeah. there's a right way and a wrong way, and I can vouch for that since I am one of his, <laughs> I am one of his disciples. Yeah. So the way that, and just just FYI, if there's yeah. anybody out in Phoenix that has been around for a minute, uh, there was a guy named Mike Talley, uh, who's no longer with us, but he used to run a CMA meeting called, I think it was called CMA Rocks or something like that. It was at Bethany Bible. Uh, and um, it was once a week, and it was a big book study. And this man was on fire and he took people through the steps 
one specific way. And then when you reached your uh, 12th step, you highlighted your book exactly the way his was highlighted. And you went through this. He taught people how to take people through the steps from day one. His motto was once you get inside these rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or CMA, CA, whatever your deal is, it's no longer about you. It's no longer about me. It's about us getting ready for them because there's a lot of them out there that don't even know that this is a way of life. And he taught from the very first day of sponsoring how to sponsor another dude. And I had a sponsor years ago that took me way, took me through the, the Mike Talley way. And then I went for six or seven years with, without being in the program. I was just in full drinking mode. And then when I met up with the sponsor that I have now, um, that was one of the first things he said to me when we started working together. He goes, I know you probably don't know who this person is, but there's this guy named Mike Tally. This is called the Tally Way. And I'm going to take you in and I said, holy shit, I know the Tally Way. <laughs> and we went through the steps that way. And it, it's pivotal, you know, because it hits all the hot spots uh, and it encourages them to do their own research. And it opens up a dialogue between you and the sponsee to where those uncomfortable conversations just happen organically. Like, and it builds relationships between the sponsor and the sponsee, in my opinion. And it, it just makes it so much more clearer. The, the sponsee can see themselves in their sponsor and they can see themselves in the book. And, and that's the key. Like, if you can get somebody in the book and, 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 and they can identify with the book and they can identify with you, then, then more than likely they will be able to stay sober. You know, if, if yeah. you just if you just hand a new a new guy a big book and tell him to read the doctor's opinion and Bill's story, and if that's the way that you sponsor, that's your business. I'm not I'm not knocking it. It works for some people, but for me, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't focus three days sober off of meth and alcohol to to read two chapters before I got an opportunity to start doing some healing. Right. I needed. I was a sitting duck, and I needed to get busy right now, or I'm going to get loaded. Yeah. And that's exactly what I told my sponsor. My sponsor, I was at Native American Connections in treatment, and him and his friend um, are from the same home group, and they do a service commitment there every Friday night. And uh, when they got done with the meeting, um, both of them's name is Joey. So when the meeting was over with, I ran to the fence and I just screamed out Joey. I didn't care which one came up to the fence because I knew because while we were sitting in that that meeting and they were sharing their story, one of them was talking about slamming methamphetamines and and at that moment sitting in that room, I could feel it going through my body and coming out my my mouth and I could breathe and I could it, my the hairs on my head were standing up and I knew at that moment that I was in danger and that I needed I needed to get busy even though I was in treatment I needed to start working steps yeah. and and one of the Joey's came up to me and that Joey is the same one that still sponsors me today and and we have we have a open dialogue we have an open relationship we sh- I share with him everything that goes on in my life and it's 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 all um it's it's all been worth it, you know, and I can't say enough about, you know, sponsorship too. You know, maybe maybe after the fourth step I can come in and talk to you about sponsorship too. Yeah, we can do it all. We can do the sponsorship and um, like I said, there's gonna be 
just having the having you here uh, willing to you know talk and share your story and share uh, as far as what the program did for you and how you're giving back to the program because that's what it's all about is giving back um, it's what keeps us sober in my opinion is being able to give back staying connected um, so we can do whatever you want to do you know yeah uh, as long as you're <clears throat> okay. willing to talk i'm willing to have you here we're willing to have you here in here and speak on the podcast because this could, one little thing that we say could save one person yeah. even if it only saves one person well worth it. It's well worth it. We're successful. That's the way I feel about it, and that's really what the program says, is that if we were getting only said one. So, uh, I'll tell you what, when I first came in here, when I, I, when I first walked through these gates, I actually thought Bradley was staff. I didn't know that he was still working on the high host program. So when he came in and out, and he was actually the one that trained me at my job. He's the one who trained me on my first shift out of the And now you're a manager at that job. Now I'm a manager at that job. And then he was also the first one to give me my bag of tobacco. I'm sitting there trying to roll cigarettes, and he's like, you have tobacco? I'm like, no. He goes, here, you can have my still bag of tobacco. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say no. Right. But that, that, that's, that, that's how he paid it forward, and that's how we kind of established our relationship. And ever since then, I've, I, I, you know, after, after things uh, had gone through, I'm like, I need you as my sponsor. And so and I, and I haven't looked back since. And so it's, it's worked out well for me, at least, at least me on, the, on, the, on that front as well. Well, I want to thank you guys for stopping by. Um, We'll be doing this. We'll have more guest speakers. Bradley will be back. Matt will be back. Uh, we'll have other guest speakers coming in. I'm looking to try to get the director in uh, to speak. Uh, I know he's got a lot to say. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, Amazing person. Yeah. So that's where we're at. We'll end it. Like I said, if you have a loved one out there, please don't hesitate to call us. Uh, we'd love to help you, a family member. Uh, man, you could beat this thing. You just have to be willing. So thank you guys, and good night. Go ahead. Hi, this is Jeff again with Step One Halfway House Podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for the last uh, downloads all you guys did. Uh, we're bringing you a lot more today. I want to introduce you to Bradley. He's our Community Impact Coordinator. Uh, he's got a lot of good things to tell you about the program. So, Bradley, welcome. <laughs>